0: unpublished. My name is Amy.
1: I'm James.
0: And today we are gonna do a Q and A. So we've just got a bunch of beautiful questions that have been sent in and we're just gonna move through them. They're of varying topics, all coming home though, to mostly ideas about creativity and art.
1: Yeah, I think it's um something that we've wanna do more of probably is Q and A's. Q&As. Like I feel well, I mean from just from our perspective, like it can kind of be annoying to think of a new podcast episode each week. Yeah, Not annoying, just difficult like by the time, I think we've got over 50 podcasts now. So just, you kind of feel re- like you're repeating yourself a little bit too much. I think yeah. if, if every week it's just coming from my brain or your brain, it's like yeah, no, much it's better to have so someone nice. else's brain think of something.
0: It's been so nice to get these questions and we're live on Instagram as well. So thank you so much for being here, guys. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, we'll try and keep an eye on the comments there as well. Cool. So do you want to get going?
1: Yeah, for sure. So okay. we're going to try and go through them each question fairly quickly we've already got a few that have been sent in beforehand yeah um but of course as amy said if you want to ask them in the chat you're welcome to as well um so we're going to try and stick to two or three minutes a question i think yeah
0: i think that's a good idea yeah okay so question one how do you manage lulls in business
1: yeah i mean this is a big one we're actually in a lull right now
0: we are in a lull yeah
1: um and it's hard it's really hard like you don't have a when you're creative especially when you're selling on your own website you don't have a steady income at all like even Good weeks, week to week, are completely different. And there's no way to predict. Like, you can kind of project a trend, but yeah. lulls are really hard. Um, I guess what we do is we try and just remind ourselves that
0: it ebbs and it's flows. a lull and
1: that we're expecting it. Yeah. Especially this far after a launch. Yeah. Because um, the last launch we did was January. January. So yeah. there's always a natural lull, kind of a month or two or three after a launch. Yeah. Um, it's just going to happen.
0: It is. I think that something that I notice is just like I'm trying to pay attention to how I respond to lulls in business. So I I think a lot of us can be really inclined to try to overcompensate and control in other ways. So and then that can lead to burnout. So we don't want the lulls in business to be triggering burnout. We don't want to be changing our pace or dishonoring our own internal metronome because we're in a lull. We need to be, you know, still trusting the process, knowing that it ebbs and flows rather than like I know that I'm inclined to oh I I want to you know be more aggressive on Instagram or I need to be doing more IGTVs or like you know stories start coming up in your head about how you can um control the situation whereas in reality creative being a creative in business it ebbs and flows and you just have to ride those waves otherwise you're going to feel like you're pushing and pushing and that's so tiring
1: for sure and I think well something from a practical standpoint that we need to get way better at is putting aside money in the launch periods yeah because you know when we hit one of these lulls and then it's like Oh, um, suddenly we, you know, we got used to a certain level of income and then it drops by half.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we should have been putting money aside before and we're getting better at that, but that's definitely something we need to constantly be reminding ourselves because it's not a steady paycheck.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And it's never going to be a steady paycheck.
0: No, It never will be. We're not, we're not going for that steady paycheck. We've chosen this life for sure. We've just got a question on the live. Uh, it says, how do you stay on track or keep in the habit of writing every day?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think going back to what we talked about a lot, which is just the bare minimum. You've got to do the bare minimum. So that's picking a really achievable small goal that you can do every day. So don't go overboard. Like Don't pick 10,000 words a day. I mean, that may be completely ridiculous. Don't pick a 1,000 words a day. Pick 100 words a day.
0: So we have... Um, a, a bare minimum of 500 words a day when we're in our first draft. That's, you know, it's been smaller than that in the past. We have to let the ego, you know, have a tantrum, but then we're not listening to it. We need to have small goals each day so that we can show up each day, even when we feel like shit. That's how we write every day.
1: And really like even 200, like 200, 250 words a day, you're still going to, f- if you can really stick to that, you're still going to finish a whole book in a year, which is incredible.
0: So many creators that I come across just refuse to, get comfortable with the small goals like they're just it's not glamorous enough for them you're not getting the endorphin rush it doesn't feel good to say you're going to show up for 250 words a day but it finishes books
1: and i think you know think about if you were training for a marathon mm. you you don't go out on the first day and you don't run 42 kilometers yeah
0: exactly so how long it is um yeah, yeah 42,
1: 42 kilometers. kilometers yeah you um you'd start with a few kilometers and you, you actually don't hit 42 kilometers at all yeah until you until race day yeah you do small increments and you do small little sessions to build up your fitness
0: yeah i think there's a lot of worth comparing um creative practices to athletic practices like for sure
1: and that's know, not to say like it's a bit of a fraught analogy because in a marathon you do get bigger and bigger and bigger whereas we're, we're really saying you should stay consistent, yeah, stay consistent but you might level up your daily goal from 250 to 500 after you feel comfortable with it for yeah. example
0: yeah And sometimes, you know, we've experimented with going a bit harder than 500 as our bare minimum, and it always fucks with us, and we can't show up consistently. So we have that small goal, 500 words a day. That's how all our books were written, apart from my first one, which took six years, because I was obsessed with doing the 3,000 word days, burnout, forget about it, come back, 6,000 word day, burnout, and it took six years. When I started writing 500 words a day, it took me six months to finish a book. There's a big difference there. We've got to let that ego move to the side so much better okay cool thank you for that question do you plot your books or do you wing it
1: i winged one my first book it was a bit harder i think and i've plotted my plotted my second book and i'm in the middle of plotting my third book now and i like it yeah i like plotting but so that's me.
0: i personally as well winged my first book the six year book and now I plot and it's not as romantic. It doesn't sound as whimsical and creative, but I believe that plotting cuts down the time that you spend writing a book. I think
1: you save a draft.
0: Yeah. I, I think, think you, you might save more.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe two, which is big because if you spend, if you spend a week or two planning, I think you can save two months on a draft. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe not, but that was my experience. Certainly. Yeah. I felt like I had, I felt like my second draft was my third draft Yeah. on this book.
0: I'm sure that for some people winging it, winging the creative process is a part of their, you know, their tempo and that's how mm. it feels in alignment with them and I'm definitely not shitting on it but for novels in particular because they're so long, uh such a big project, I needed guidelines. And that didn't mean I knew what happened in each chapter. It means that I know where the story's going so I'm not just like moving with the characters yeah. in a blind space. I know where we're headed. And that doesn't mean I know what's going to happen exactly, but I like that structure and it cut down my writing time massively.
1: Which is not maybe something- something that you are interested in like yeah. you don't need to cut down your writing time there's no rush to finish your novel so it's like if you like that feeling of exploration while you're writing then just do that like it might just take another couple of months it doesn't matter yeah just do one more draft
0: totally it's fine it's what you're valuing are you
1: wanting speed yeah.
0: are you wanting to get it done is there a deadline what
1: i like about it is i like it being my story being clean i like that feeling yeah which i guess yeah if, if, if you like it to very be messy, messy that's fine too yeah
0: it can get very messy without planning hmm. okay okay How do you pick and focus on one project when there are so many ideas out there?
1: So what I do is I write down, I have a huge notebook um, on Evernote in my phone. I have multiple different book ideas and it just, I'm writing only one thing, but I am plotting or planning or ideating on lots of other things. I just won't write the others.
0: I think that there is space to do multiple things at once. I personally at the moment have nonfiction project and and a fiction project they can into they can go at the same time the problem is is that when people use the th- the concept of having lots of ideas as an excuse to never create anything and I see a lot of creators, they've got 10 things going on at once, not, not a single thing gets finished. And picking up more creative projects is a pro- way of procrastinating and it's a perfectionism issue. And they never want to do the vulnerable and really fucking terrifying thing, which is to see how it would go if you finished a project. Because if you never finish, oh, you never really know where you're at. You know, oh, I never finished it. You can't judge it finishing projects is a very vulnerable thing to do and it's something that we need to do because making art is generous and we want to share it and we want to you know give it to others to enjoy so i think it's possible to focus on more than one project at once especially if you have already have a really good routine of creating in there and you need that routine to support both of them the problem is is when you're just picking up project after project because it's a great distraction and a great way to deviate from doing what you're being called to do
1: definitely i think um you know, if you can maybe convert... Say you have a novel idea that comes up. If you go, well, what if I just wrote a short story and that way I'm finishing it? Mm. And then if I still feel called to it after I finish my current project, then I can expand the short story. Yeah. It's much easier. Yeah. And the other thing is I completely agree with what you said. Like, for example, when I was writing my first novel, I was also finishing my master's thesis. Those two things didn't take up energy from each other.
0: Because they're different. But
1: if I had... So if I had a writing session in the morning and I had a thesis session in the afternoon... I had fresh energy for both. I don't know if this is just me, but if I have two writing sessions in the day, they're drawing from the same well.
0: Yeah. The fiction and fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a a multidisciplinary artist, I feel like can move more easily from one thing to another rather than a fiction writer writing two fiction books. It's a lot of draw from the same well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But again, you've got to know you. The thing is is that I would just ask is, are you going to finish these projects? Mm. You know? And if it's no, then I would cut back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to note to anyone who's on the live here that this will be a podcast if you yeah. do want to listen to this later. If yeah. you're, you, so don't worry if you're can if you coming in and out.
0: Yeah, this will be recorded yeah. up, um, on Apple and Spotify. Yeah. Cool. Next question. How do I deal with the anxiety and heaviness of putting yourself out there over and over again?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really tough and something that we've both been through. Yeah, um, We've both been Movies through a lot of projection and, yeah. and um, it's hard. It's really hard. I think just you've got to really honor that difficulty.
0: Yeah. I think the first thing to do is validate how difficult it is to be a creator and how how anxiety reducing and in, in, inducing it is. We have to constantly do the vulnerable thing. It's very, you know, anxiety inducing and our nervous system gets a lot of overwhelm from constantly sharing, constantly trying new things. Like I swear to god there's not a day where I'm not vaguely scared and I'm not doing something that challenges me. And it's really I've really noticed that it's been taking a toll and it, the big part of the journey has been for me like noticing that it's taking a toll like too many of us discount the energy output of our creative endeavors because oh we're just having fun and I love to do this and it's my it's my calling it's my magic so how can it be taking energy from me this is a really energy intensive practice creating and being vulnerable with our art every single day I'm giving a little bit of my soul to the world every single day you are doing the same We need to validate the fact that that's a massive energy drain, that it could produce anxiety, that it might not be always that great for our mental health as well. And we need to learn how to take care of ourselves. If you have an inner critic who is an absolute asshole to you internally and you have a dialogue in your mind that's constantly berating you and telling you you're an imposter, you're a fraud, or you shouldn't have done that, take that down, reverse, reverse, reverse. That's exhausting. And we need to look at that to take care of ourselves as we move through the journey. We cannot move through this journey with abundance and, you know, aligning without looking at how we are speaking to ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. Lean Andrea said sharing is exhausting. Lee, like sharing is exhausting and we need to take care of ourselves. Like like you've never taken care of yourself before. Like this is crazy, not just bubble bath self-care, but like really intensive loving and mothering and nurturing yourself because otherwise you will burn out.
1: Definitely. And, you know, I know, Amy, I'd often talk about putting your stuff out there. Um, and this will be a question that's coming in lately. later, which we can maybe talk in more detail then. But it's okay to have times where you're not sharing constantly as well yeah that's totally fine
0: it's okay if you have not it's okay to have times where you have nothing to say in you know especially with the algorithm pressure and like you know all these social media platforms that want you to produce 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 we can't keep up we can't keep up and you don't need to always have something to share and you don't have to share things all the time like that's a, a big part of the health care of like taking care of I was literally well. just
1: saying to amy lying on the couch back there going oh, i just don't want to i'm just procrastinating on the podcast at the moment because i feel like i have nothing to say Mm. And I feel like I have nothing new to say, which whether that's true or not, like that's just something that happens.
0: Yeah, totally. And we need to listen to that.
1: You can just get tired of saying stuff.
0: Yeah. The way that we tend to our creative selves needs to be next level in order for us to deal with the anxiety and the stress that it comes from doing this work.
1: And I've just, um, just to, where was that? Where was the question that related to this?
0: Um, um, Wait, where is that question? Did I write it down?
1: Maybe not. The po- point of the question was, um, you know, is it okay to have periods of downtime essentially where, uh, like, is it okay to take time off sharing your work? So oh, it's such yeah, a very yeah, similar yeah. question. So it's like the answer I would say is, yeah, just go. In. I mean, I, I do this. This is essentially my whole career practice is I feel like I'm in my apprenticeship stage still and I feel like I'm still building. Yeah. Um, And that's okay. Like you don't have to be, like you don't have to feel like you immediately are putting your work out there. Yeah, the point important thing is to be creating, creating still and developing.
0: Yeah. I think, that, I mean, obviously like I'm a big, I'm talking about sharing all the time because it's a generous thing to do and it's so important, but you don't have to be sharing all the time. You're allowed to have the learning phase. You're allowed to have the introspective phase. You know, as, as long as we are committing to this creativity and we're coming home and looking after our inner child and we're doing the work, like that's the magic part. And sharing is a really important practice. But if you feel like you're in your like apprenticeship phase, or if you feel like you need time alone with your art, like take that and recognize that that's what you need. We need to be listening in to where we're at for sure we've got a question here from sam i want to write but it is very tedious to edit how do you balance the creative blast with the details of editing oh sam there's a question here that says what do i do if my art is boring me and i that really interplays and i resonate with you hugely i fucking hate to edit and i love the creative process of writing a first draft and it's James feels very differently to me because he's more of an editor than I am but it's a big it's a big deal like if I choose to write a novel then I choose to engage in the editing process as well which doesn't enliven me and I'm not detail oriented and for me this is about um coming home to the fact that I take this seriously you know creating is something that I take seriously I want to be good at it and that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it all a lot of the creatives I work with are obsessed with the idea that if they're not enjoying the writing process that something's wrong and like It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. And I think we just need to acknowledge that if we're going to take ourselves seriously as writers, as artists, as creatives, as entrepreneurs, some of it's going to suck a bit.
1: Yeah, I think you... I mean, as you say, uh, I'm probably a bad person to take advice from here because I quite enjoy the editing process. Of course, I get to the end and I'm like... maybe I enjoy the draft two, draft three, but draft four, draft five, and that's starting to get really boring. I think
0: once we, we get to a stage that we can, if we have the privilege to, I have for my last two books chosen to get an editor for the very last part of the book because i cannot be dealing with the copy editing spelling element of it i don't want to do it and i'm not good at it so i chose to invest money in getting support there um but yeah it's i just want to honor the fact that yeah especially in novel writing that two very different ways of thinking that creative pure creative flow and then the editing process are very different and you don't have to like them both
1: yeah i think you know editing is something that you kind of do have to just treat more like, um, a, I don't want to say chore, but like it's just...
0: It's a job, maybe. It's
1: more... Yeah, it's more akin to a job than writing, yeah. I feel like um, uh, might be the reality. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky.
0: Thank you, Sam. We've got another question here. I've got a big inspiration to write, but I can't write. I don't have the full motivation. How do I get the motivation? Again, like I wish I had this like exciting, like oh my God, I've got the most amazing answer for you. But unfortunately, like motivation just comes from habit and from consistency and from showing up and creating these little habits each day. And again, I we always teach, you know, that they should be small. So can you write a hundred words each day?
1: And also your expectation on the quality should be small. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think something that I've had to get really good at is just accepting that I'm going to go to write and it might be really bad today, but still writing that that 500 words. So it's like, don't get hung up on the quality of what you're writing immediately just get through it
0: yeah we shitty art low standards like but showing up each day because otherwise we're never going to feel motivated if we're expected to show up write four thousand words and expect them to be brilliant we're never gonna we're never gonna be motivated because that's not the reality of what it is to create
1: just go sit at the laptop and like let crap spill out of your fingers yeah like absolute crap spell and don't care all you have to do you're only committing to yourself is just go bash the keyboard for 10 minutes that's it
0: turn the brightness down yeah and write blind so you're not constantly judging yourself we have to get out of our own way when it comes to this we can't be the judging and you know hating on ourselves because the motivation will just be sucked out
1: yeah for sure it's just you know make it as easy as possible for you to sit there and write so it's not this big crazy yeah intimidating thing
0: okay cool when should I pivot? How do I know I when to give up on an idea that just isn't working? This is a really big question. I think it's really important. It's going to be quite nuanced.
1: Yeah, I mean, crazy. Um, I think that we should quit more than we do. Yeah, I agree. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of value in the learning process of finishing, it, especially of an artistic project.
0: Yeah, so if a creator's like, asking when you should pivot, my one rule would be you have to l- let it have life. Like, you have to finish the project and you have to share it. Mm. Like, don't pivot before that.
1: Yeah, I'll, you have to finish the project. At least, I mean, uh, you don't necessarily have to share it. You I don't think, think you, so? No. Well,
0: then how can you know it's not resonating?
1: Well, you at least, maybe, okay, maybe. But I think there's just a lot of product, uh, value in the art and uh, in growing your ability to make art by finishing projects. yeah. Because my, my argument is so much of it of this process is getting good enough. I feel like, you mm-hmm. know, for me, I'm like, I'm just trying to level up as a writer. And I can't practice all the aspects of writing unless I finish a project. Mm. So if all I'm doing is first draft, first draft, first draft, I'm never practicing editing. And if all I'm doing is writing 100 words, polishing it, writing 100 words, polishing it, writing 100 words, polishing it, I'm really just practicing editing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not practicing the full thing, and so you, you know, want
0: to finish it, yeah. And yeah. second
1: draft editing, and third draft editing, and fourth and fifth are all different.
0: But what about the people who get stuck finishing projects but never sharing it?
1: Like what do you we mean can't it,
0: like sharing it. So like I'm I'm assuming that this question's kind of come from like a business aspect. So mm. when should I pivot from? You know, I'm giving work out there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Resonating. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I understand that more.
0: And so I would say like if this is about a business question, like when should I pivot in my business? Like my creative output is is not resonating. You've right. got to make sure that you're sharing it. So you yeah, can't okay. like, if you're building a product and then you're looking at your product at the end of it and you're thinking this is shit and then you pivot, you're never giving that. I was, I was more chance. thinking
1: from a purely creative perspective. Yeah. Of like when do I abandon the book? Yeah. But yeah. okay. But from a business perspective, I think um, you're hundred percent right, Amy. I think it's just put it out there and then, Almost like forget about it. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. Like, uh, and detach from the outcome if you can.
0: Yeah, and then if it's still not resonating, you've done the brave and generous thing, and it's not feeling good, it's not feeling well, it's not you know providing financial abundance if that's what you wanted from it. Then start looking at like when to pivot, like, and then start looking at how you can do it differently. I mean, but I, I f- think it needs several weeks out in the wild, maybe and, more. I mean,
1: if anything, I feel like you should be pivoting every every product every launch yeah
0: and also maybe pivot Like you can do small pivots like
1: iterating essentially yeah
0: so this didn't work marketing it this way so now i'm going to try and grow my mailing list this didn't work marketing it this way so now i'm going to try and open a podcast yeah like that's constant pivoting like constantly adding to your business trying new things it doesn't necessarily mean dropping everything at once like Mm. oh this didn't fucking work i've got to try a whole new craft
1: yeah because if no one's responding to your product it doesn't necessarily mean the product is bad yeah in fact it Almost has no correlation to that. It has, yeah, no correlation. Um, It probably has a lot more to do with what you're doing to support the product. Mm.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, do you or James have advice navigating the transition from muggle job to creating full-time? I'm very anxious about money.
1: Yeah. Totally valid.
0: Totally valid. And the transition between muggle work, regular work, and full-time creativity is a really big... It's really big. It's really exciting, but it is really scary. Um,
1: I mean, my advice is to build the income first. Yeah. I think.
0: Especially if, you know, that stress on finances is really high, like building the income from your creative business to a point where you feel safe enough to move away from muggle work. And that can be really hard because so much of the time muggle work is taking up so much of your creative time. It's slowing down that creative journey and it's, you know, exhausting you. And I just want to validate that it's not an easy transition at all. It's not easy. And I just like, I really resonate with the pain of that transition. For sure. Um, but yeah. But if you,
1: you know, if, if, um, yeah, I think you you got to look at the practicalities of it, and yeah. uh, you've got to already have an income. I think first, I mean, or at least have a pl- a solid a plan, plan yeah. and and be confident that you can generate the income.
0: Yeah, or have a cushion of finances to support. Cushion you. of
1: finances, or um, you know, if you really su- if you're really struggling at your job, I think so. You know, looking at things like moving in with that's uh, family. Did, that's yeah. what we did. Um, if you can, if you can, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah very difficult transition you have to be very gentle on yourself and also of course we are 100% for quitting the yeah. jobs just so I, you know
1: yeah I think also you know a lot of people want to will, will want to shame you if you feel like you have to take a step back in living standards yeah when you move to your creative work but you know like say we felt I mean I think we felt for a bit moving back in with my parents was a step backwards and a lot of people would judge us for it but it was definitely the right thing for us to do
0: yeah of course it was it allowed us to be trying to
1: remove the shame from that I guess
0: yeah yeah totally I'm so just in support of anyone choosing to make that jump it's so big and I just want everyone to know that I love them and loving them through. because what that did for us
1: is it essentially enabled us to um not have to worry about Bills as much while we set up the business,
0: yeah. We were so lucky and privileged yeah. in that way, mm. yeah. Okay, cool. Sam has asked, I have six books created, two published, four manuscripts in various edit stages. I've paid for editing. How do you know if you're getting bad advice? Interesting.
1: I mean, I think you've got a When we look at your editors, we looked at the um, what they've done before, right, yeah. and what other books they've edited, and we'd looked at their reputation. Mm. and I think if they have a solid reputation, then yeah, um you know it's always at the end of the day it's always up to you as the author yeah what you accept and what you reject so i would say don't be afraid i mean you rejected a lot of the advice from editors, yeah um but you accept you accepted more yeah. than you rejected by far yeah but you still rejected a good chunk of it yeah i right? rejected
0: a lot of my editor's advice um i just wanted to stay in alignment with how i wanted the book to be and some of her advice wasn't in alignment um i understood where she was coming from it made total sense but i chose to reject quite a quite a big section of her editing advice and then I accepted most of the others. But that's a really good question, Sam. I mean like again, like the research that we did for my editors was extensive. I really wanted people who understood the, you know, what I'm writing about and what I'm talking about. Um and, but it is hard to trust someone with your with your book baby and, and you have to be gentle with yourself as you learn to trust others.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, I think you know, do the vetting process and then once you've vetted someone and once you've gone with your gut, then trust it as much as you can. Yeah. And then keep trusting your gut.
0: There's a really good phrase about editors and writers and like the push-pull. I yeah, I, I, know what you, like, I vaguely If an editor that. tells you something's wrong...
1: It's like they, editors know what to fix but not how to fix it that's what it is
0: editors know what to fix not how to fix it so that i feel like it's very useful for editors to point out oh this doesn't quite work and then for you to come in with your creativity and your knowledge of what it is you're creating and being like okay well i can fix it in this way Hmm. so i think um trusting your editor's view on what is and isn't working is a good thing to do but maybe you might like to interpret how you you know heal that okay cool how did you know that you wanted to self-publish books for artists? I.e. how did you know what creative business to start as an interdisciplinary artist?
1: I mean, it was random. What? What I, no, it wasn't random, but it was like, we didn't, like, we just went for it. Like, we just, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like we had some grand plan. Yeah. It was like, you had a, you had the idea for the compendium. Sorry to speak for you here, but just from an outsider's perspective, it was yeah. like, you had this idea for the compendium and you weren't like, this is my career. Yeah. It was like, I have this idea for this product and I'm going to go for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it I mean, was like... So in terms of like choosing the actual self-publishing route, mm. like we I had an idea and I wanted to share it and the quickest and easiest way to share it was through self-publishing it on Squarespace. In terms of how did I choose that business and like why did I choose to publish books for artists, it's because... I wanted the books that I wrote and I chose to be a creative coach and a book doula because I as I went through my journey of writing my own books felt very alone and I wanted someone there and so I became that person I wanted someone to support me in the loneliness of it all I wanted someone to tell me that I'm on the right track I wanted someone to affirm me and validate the fact that I wanted to be an author and I never found that person and so once I finally got my shit together and moved through a lot of depression a lot of bullshit I was like I'm gonna be that person for other artists and so that's how I chose to you know that's why i chose to write for artists but in terms of why did we self-publish it's because i wanted to connect now and so that was the best way to do it instead of waiting years which is normally what it will take you know a year to two years if you choose to traditionally publish
1: we looked at we amy had a full proposal up for the perfectionist and procrastinator it was going to be a combined book um potentially with and they they were just going to be two two kind of parts to a bigger book um you'd written the proposal yeah and i'd I'd spoken to
0: publishers about it and they said that it would probably take uh, a year and a half um and and
1: that was us going through the regular process not like we were like getting any special treatment for amy's following it was like we had we had approached a couple of publishers ourselves um in the normal way yeah um no guarantees or anything and then we had just sort of gotten a little bit into the process and we're like you know what yeah so it's just gonna be better for us to and financially ourselves.
0: it was a lot better for us to self-publish like we've had an income off those books for the last two years whereas if i had gone for a publishing contract um it would be only just out maybe mm. maybe not even out yet probably
1: not out yet and yeah. i would
0: have made no money at all mm. so that's a bit of that story lee says you truly landed right in your gift by doing for others what you w- what you felt was missing for you Thank you. I feel like that's exactly what I did. And I'm grateful for you seeing me. Okay, guys. Unless
1: anyone has any more questions. Yeah, any last minute questions? Um, Yeah, I think that was, I mean, if anyone also in future wants to send me or Amy a DM with a question for the podcast, then we can collate them and we can maybe build them for other. Yeah podcasts
0: 100 percent. we're always so i love getting a you know an email or a dm asking it to talk about specific topics on the podcast this is we want to be talking about what's relevant to all of us as creatives not just always what's going on in our own life
1: i'd much rather hear from you and answer what's on your heart than just talk just bullshit about what (laughs) i've been thinking about for the last two weeks you know that's it's much more interesting to me
0: all right guys thank you so much for being here for witnessing us i hope you have a beautiful rest of your day
1: thanks everyone